Today we are talking to Stefan, the CTO of iPaper, and we talk about hijacking high-end electric cars, security issues with your tea kettle, and how to let someone go gracefully. Jake, the episode is ready right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. All right. Hopefully Zencaster will fix their fix their bugs, write a test, patch it up. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like my job on Black Friday. Oh yeah, what was going on on Black Friday? We do a lot of uh, advertising, so we had a lot of traffic around Black Friday, and all of a sudden everything just hit the ceiling. Oh no, that's the worst. Yeah. But you get you engaged the team though, and you guys pulled through and came out strong. Well, it it worked out and we survived, so not not too much fuss about it, but a few unhappy customers. Yeah, you know who's unhappy right now? A lot of the Bitcoin customers. (laughs) Oh yeah, I saw they started dropping again. Yeah, man, it was just like boom, just like drop through the through the floor there. Like, how far did they go? I don't know. I don't. I'm scared to open up Coinbase. (laughs) I have to check it out now. I know. It it's just it was like seventeen and then it was five four three two and it was like below ten thousand for a minute and and then I just um I had to to close the app. Wow. <laughs> it's like watching a train wreck. Oof. So nine thousand eight hundred. Ooh yeah. So but you know what the good thing is is that you know it it will come back whether it takes five ten twenty years. I mm-hmm. I'm confident that it wins the long game and if you're investing in long game um you're smart if you're investing in short game well you're investing in short game <laughs> you truly are it's a matter yeah. of, it's a matter of risk management in the end right and that's the whole thing with investment is i i always hear these sob stories of people oh i i lost everything when you invest you're only supposed to invest as much as you are willing to lose exactly you you, you don't gain anything until you like check out and get all of the money exactly wow <sighs> wow <laughs> we're on the same thought let's let's bring it back up let's get let's get positive here um i'm curious i gotta know stefan what was the first piece of code that you wrote Ooh, that is a good question i know i actually think it was a really horrible assignment at uh, school i'm one of the guys that actually never started coding before i went to school so you got your first experience in school was it like punch card programming no 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 it was actually it, it was oh it's oh it's gonna hurt this one it was actually, um, we were supposed to do Java, but they were kind mm-hmm. of lazy and had a good, um, good arrangement with, with Microsoft. So we were using J++, like the worst Java you can ever get. But it compiled to an exe file and you could use it. So what were you writing about? Like, what was the topic? I can't actually remember. It was, you can't even remember? No, I, <laughs> I was in the military and uh, after that, after like uh, oh uh, i get it you can't remember you were in the military no, no. okay I, I was uh, i was in the draft for 11 months in recon and then i went to bosnia for half a year and i came back like was it start february and school started start february and we had to like send all of our stuff back so i, I couldn't start school until like mid mid february and everybody had like the basics up and running i was like yeah how how does this programming actually work uh, how how do i start 
So I'm going to go ahead and for the official record, I'm just going to write down that you were programming secret robotics for the government. <laughs> Is that cool? <laughs> if only that were true. All right. That'd be a lot more fun. So you, you have a, a long experience, long history as a developer, and then you transitioned now to the CTO role. Yeah, I can actually only blame my uh, current CEO for that. Um, he came to me at some point, like, hey, I'm trying to help these guys f figuring out a new CTO. Um, is, is that a thing for you? I was pretty much sitting around live chatting to him, like, mm, never thought about it. So I'm probably not a good fit. You sort of turned it down at the beginning. Uh, it wasn't the current CTO job, but more like he, I think it was um, like our mother company or some other company he knew. Um, and I, I hadn't really spared it a thought, so I, I figured out it was a really bad idea to do it. And well, a year or a year and a half later, and the position opened at, at the current company, and I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. what, why is your guy leaving? Did, did you fire him? Did you just run out of the door? No, he's actually moving to, to Copenhagen. So we knew I need, need a new guy. And we they sort of tried out um, people with management background. And they're like, nope, absolutely not. We need a guy with a technical background. Then we'd rather teach him all of the uh, management stuff and uh, how to handle personnel and all that stuff. Yeah, I find it's much easier to take someone technical and teach them the management side of things than the inverse. Yeah, especially with our product, we like start out with a PDF and we end up with like a, a flip book and like the process from PDF to actual flip book. It's, it, it's a long and dangerous travel with a lot of dragons hidden. In the, in the background, are you guys doing dishes? <laughs> no, my girlfriend just picking up some food and then she's probably going to go upstairs and stay silent. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh no. She just came home from the CrossFit Center and she's like worn out and need food. <laughs> from the CrossFit Center? Yeah. Oh, is that big over there? Yeah, I think we have like three or four boxes in our city. Yeah, it's real big. It's gotten real big around in our country too. It's crazy. I started out in 12 and like it's just exploded since that time. And uh, the season is coming up because it's like the um, the open season where you qualify to regionals, and from regionals you can qualify to the games. Have you qualified? Have you have you competed? No, no, no. It's far out of my reach. <laughs> do you, do you train at all though? Like, do you go just to get just to get some exercise? Uh, I do weightlifting on Tuesdays on a regular basis, and then I try to get back into doing regular workouts. I had a bad shoulder last year, so. So I just need to take it nice and easy to get back. Yeah, I work out regularly, probably about three times a week. It actually started out due to me starting to have like chronic neck pains and headaches and so on. Like, yeah, I, I need to do something. Like a weekend, week, weekend, I had no trouble with my neck or anything. Yeah, eat a little better, be active, and then now, then you can be in a better position to you know manage your team. How big is your team over there at iPaper? See, we I have six developers, and then I have one UX guy, uh, and the ever-going joke that he that he's actually not on my team, but he's sitting with my team. But uh, like a small team of seven people. You have a chief marketing officer, someone ahead like of growth and marketing there. Yeah, we have. Uh, I think yeah, I think he's CMO or CGO, whatever something growth officer. He has a team of is it two, and he's looking for. Th third person to do like uh, content for him. 
So one is, one is inbound sales, and one is um, I think his his new title is head of customer journey, perhaps. I like how the marketing departments, their titles, they create new ones because they're all creatives and then they market their titles and then it's like they're all in this consistent like churn of new titles. Oh, do you have a chief growth officer? Oh, no, no. We only have a chief marketing officer and a chief human officer and a chief friendly officer. We need a growth officer. (laughs) I love it. When he got the uh, head of customer journey, all of the developers were like, oh, now it starts. So is that when you're talking about your UX guy? Uh, is that the individual that kind of straddles the, the the line between your you know marketing and your department? No, our, like our product is pretty like set up around our CEO and the UX guy. They did pretty much decide everything, but we are a group of seven people going into the roadmap meetings. Oh wow! So the C- the CEO leads the product there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he actually used to be uh, a CTO in the company, and before that, he was a developer. So he's been there like since day one. Is he a like part owner or? Uh, he's part owner now. Wow. And it's actually him running all of our uh, SQL infrastructure because he used to be in uh, Microsoft's uh, SQL Server MVP. I love it when the CEO and the CTO, like everyone's technical and they're all very involved in the execution of the product. It just makes it way easier for us because he can take the discussion with the salespeople when they have like a crazy idea in a meeting. Uh, and he can say, yeah, I see where I want to go, but it's actually not technical doable at all. Yeah, that's the beauty of being technically inclined is you can do this sort of real-time quoting analysis of the creative ideas that are flying through the air. And that's like a very valuable skill. Yeah, I was sitting in a meeting today like, yeah, one of the sales guys were like, yeah, if I say anything, just make sure to stop me if I say something wrong. <laughs> and he actually said it in front of the customer, which is great to me because that that sort of signals that you know your stuff, I know my stuff, and if I cross your line, it's okay to stop me. Yeah, well, we're all very open here. Like Jake and I, we are talking today because uh, I came in and I was all really like super pumped up and excited about some videos and answers we're going to record and i'm like yeah we're gonna do this i'm like we're, we're gonna we're gonna live stream we're gonna do this and that and that and that and that and he's just like no 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 because we need higher quality it's got to be better quality and i'm like no we're gonna gary v that and we're just gonna get content out like rapid fire <laughs> he's like the, and then and then so we're eating lunch about an hour later and i'm like so jake's really really good with quality right like he produces yep. the podcast like tremendously well and so I kind of had some internal reflection while I was making lunch and we're sitting at the lunch table and I'm like, Hey, you know, you gotta do me a favor when we're interacting like that. And I come in and I'm like high on ideas and stuff. I was like, I need you to be a cheerleader and be like, yeah, that's great. That's great. And then when we're actually sitting down to execute, then shift me to the quality, like know that you want my quality, but rather than me just saying, we're doing this, we're doing this. Don't say like, no, 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 no. Instead, you know, just make sure that it ends up quality and keep me up on my high. Um, and that was just like an example of team communication, right? Like I could have, yeah. I had the option of saying nothing, right? And then the next two or three times I come in with high on ideas, I'm ready to roll and then I get knocked down again. But instead of letting that happen, we just communicated and and rolled with it and high-fived all the way through it. And we're like, yeah, because we just want what's best for the company, right? Yeah, it, it was actually quite hilarious. Uh, I had like, was it five or six months overlap with the old CTO? And he sort of introduced me the first day and like, this is my replacement. He'll be the new guy saying no to everything. I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And always when, when some of the sales guys come running, yeah, I have this great idea and, and they can just see it on my face. Like, yeah, I'm just going to leave again. Oh yeah. They, they used to call my dad. So my dad was an engineer and he would take me to work with them. That's how I got into programming. I started writing some basic terminal style commands and then got into a little Delphi and stuff like that. But we used to call him Mr. No. And people would, <laughs> you know, he ended up managing, you know, quite a large, a large team, but I kind of, I, I started to identify that the, the more, if, if you get the reputation of Mr. No, you are limited in your career and you're limited about where you go. Like you can't always be a yes man. You kind of have to balance it. So what I kind of do is I, I kind of say, yeah, that's awesome. Now I'm going to go look, take a look at what the requirements are to execute that. You know? Yeah, I think, was it on one of your blog posts, I saw the going from no to no but. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did see that. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. The way, that's the way I roll, you know? Yeah, I think that's quite a good way to go. Some people will just get like really angry when you say no and just stop. But sometimes it, it's fun to, we have a lot of sarcasm in Denmark, and sometimes it just works really great when you just look at them standing around looking like a dead fish and saying just no. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like oh come on man you gotta give this to me <laughs> i need it i need i need a win today yeah yeah <laughs> oh man yeah that's uh that's that's the key is that finding that right balance have you been uh so you you've read a couple of the of the blog posts yeah i read through some of them i think they're, they're quite a fast read as far as i remember see that's what i want you know so i i posted on reddit and stuff and I'll get some people that get upset at me because they're not long enough. And yeah. I'm, I'm, my goal going into it is I have something I need to get off my chest, like a feeling that I've you know, felt multiple times and I want to cover the topic and I want to do it succinctly. You know, I want to do it in just a quick, like, this is it. And then the moment I feel like I'm being repetitive, I kind of end the article, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just a new thing. Microservices, microblogging. You just got to catch it all. Yeah. And then I just, I turned them all into a book. Yeah. I think that that was, I think it was a sponsored post. Did you sponsor like posts on Instagram? I think it was on Instagram. I saw it first. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. What are you doing on Instagram? You just, is it mostly family stuff or do you do technology stuff on Instagram too? I think we're down to like hardly ever posting now. What uh, what other tools are you using? You got are you on Snapchat? Are you just using Instagram? Like what are you? Uh, I'm in, on everything these days: Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Where do you spend most of your time? Oh, that's a tough one. I think it's actually Instagram because it's like really easy to consume. I'm starting to use Facebook more for like uh, special groups for like uh, looking into brewing beer now. I found a great group for that. Um, Render into like some really geeky stuff with uh, wet shaving. There's a perfect forum in Denmark on Facebook for that. So it's like more the niche stuff I find on Facebook these days. And Instagram is just a flow of what's going on. All right. So Instagram is kind of like the stream of the river where you just kind of like, you know, watch it. And then Facebook's kind of where you're doing some engagement in your special groups. Yeah, I I hardly ever read anything in in my regular feed on Facebook. One can only hope that it, it is getting better now that they uh, sort of announced change of the algorithm, so you don't see so much sponsored stuff anymore. Yeah, that was last week. The stock fell like what five ten percent, but yeah, and the uh, feeds didn't work uh, the next two nights. 
<laughs> you know, I, I was interested back to investing. Like for me, that's a buy decision. It's like if they're going to say that they're putting their people first and they're getting rid of their crap, that they're making their platform more usable, which makes it a better long-term, more viable product. And so I'm surprised their stock didn't go up. Yeah, but well, it is, it is the magic of internet stocks. You never know where they go. So what are you doing on Twitter then? Um, it's sort of getting dusty these days, but I used to use it a lot to get everything tech news. Um, and whenever I'm on a conference, I'm using Twitter a lot. Um, that, that's, that's, that's the place to get hold of people and find them for all of the, um, the best sessions at a bar at night talking about random stuff. So Twitter's, Twitter's good for your conference interactions. Yeah, I used to like follow a ton of people and I was like, yeah, I got all of this news. And all of a sudden you could just feel your brain collapsing from all the news. It's too expensive to advertise. Have you ad tried any advertising on there? No, I, I refrained from that. Um, yeah. The, the only advertising I've ever done is on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, that was really, really cheap because I did it in a really limited area and set, set a cap on it. I, I like to play with the different networks and see kind of where the returns are for, for my world. And LinkedIn overpriced, Twitter overpriced, but Facebook and Instagram were like the soup, right? Too hot, too cold, just right. So uh, Facebook, Instagram were, were the platforms that were right for me as an advertiser. Yeah. And especially, I think you said in one of the other episodes that you're not like trying to make money off the podcasts. Well, then you sort of want to keep down the expenses as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is the goal. I want to educate the world, but not at my like demise. <laughs> yeah, I guess like the streaming of the actual podcast runs up. <laughs> yeah. Have you, so what about um, what about voice? Do you have an Alexa or a Google Home? I have nothing. I have a big tinfoil hat. That's why I don't have any. <laughs> you don't want them recording your every thought and move and action? Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm going for the tinfoil hat version. So I'm loving the, I have an Alexa and a Google Home. Man, I'll tell you what, it's like having a new best friend. Yeah, but that's so easy for you when you're like native English speaker. Ooh, I never thought of this. Your English is perfect, Stefan. Yeah, that's the effect of playing World of Warcraft online for yes. like five years. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you can curse like nobody's business in English. <laughs> uh, I, I learn a lot of British awkward terms that aren't really good for anything, but it's, it's quite hilarious from time to time. So I noticed that you were speaking about the Internet of Things like all over the world, Belgium, Sweden, Norway, Denmark. I was like, whoa, Stefan's well-traveled. And... What are you talking about when you're talking about those Internet of Things? Oh, it, it, it's like it, it's just such a cheap session to do because it's mostly like you should do all of this to get success, and this is how everyone failed. So I think I had uh, what's it called the road to success or absolute failure, and it was pretty much reiterating what the first definitions of Internet of Things um, you had. Different um, different parts with like um, proximity, um, augmented. Um, it, it could be augmented reality. It could be something else that was augmenting your real world. That would be like the curious steps, and like the different parts of how far you're going into uh, IoT. But the sad part is that everyone sticks on the 
oh, I got this piece of hardware. Let me just throw Wi-Fi or Ethernet on it. And, and now it's Internet of Things. And then I started talking to a lot of the guys that did security sessions. They're like, hmm, this is a great topic. Nobody's doing it yet. This is definitely definitely one that could get me to conferences. So it, it was pretty much like an open ball just to grab it and run with it. And I ended up venturing a bit further into security, I did a security certification. So it was just really good, valuable stuff that earned me uh, a bit of credit on that. A little street cred in the security and Internet of Things, because you kind of went out there and dismantled a misconception. Yeah, all of all of the different products that, that wasn't really helping the world at all, like the iKettle, uh, somebody did a kettle on Wi-Fi so you could turn on the kettle when you were driving your car home to, so the warm, the water would be hot when you came home. The biggest issue with it, like it was really open. So anyone could hack you from your eye kettle. And what did you achieve? Well, look, I can turn on my kettle. Well, all right. So I've got mixed feelings about this because I drink a lot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I heard you saying that, I'm like, I would go Amazon one right now, man. If I can, if I can IOT my kettle, like, come on. Yeah, then you should watch some uh, some security conference stuff where they actually hack an eye kettle. Right. Well, see, that's the problem. See, the problem isn't the easeability of me heating my water. That's a valid idea. That's something that exists in the future. The problem is these people putting out these startups and these products with no regard to security. Exactly. Um, there was an issue with the. I think it was the Nissan Leaf. There's a guy, I don't know if you ever heard about Troy Hunt. No, I haven't heard about this. Ah, Let's hear about the leaf. I think it was Troy Hunt and Scott Helmy. They, I think Scott is living in Norway and Troy is living in Australia. So they recorded a, a small video episode with Scott in his car, Troy sitting by the pool with his laptop, and he started the heating in the car from Australia. And this was uh, like a hack? Yeah, uh, or hack and hack. Uh, it was more a stupidly open API. So, so he actually took the title of stupid security researcher on conferences after that because people flamed him, flamed him to hell for like, yeah, you broke my remote control of my leaf now. I was talking with my dad. He uh, engineer pulled me into programming and we were having a conversation. Did you see that video going around? I believe it was Europe where they had these car thieves that were RF hacking the keys for like Teslas or some other types of e-cars. Have you seen that video? Mm, not sure I've seen that exact one, but I've seen a few of them. All right, so this is how it would happen. There was two boxes and two thieves, okay? Mm -hmm. One thief would be standing with his box, about one foot by one foot, next to the car. The other thief would be standing with his box and holding it up to the garage or holding it up to a window or something of that nature. And what they were doing was they were getting the key fob in the house to respond, and then they were cloning it. That device would clone it, and then the other individual would unlock it and uh, open the car and drive away. Yeah, it, it, make, it makes totally sense. I'm pretty sure I've seen it now. It's like a, a night photo. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, then I've seen it. That's like a really good reason to never have your keys in near the front door. Well, you know, well, first of all, the Tesla keys, I don't think it was definitely probably not a Tesla. And let's just say no, it wasn't because so. I like Elon. And uh, so I use his first name because I'm hoping like when he hears this, he's going to be like, oh, that's my bro, right? And then, what up? What up, bro? I'll be like, oh, not much, man. You want a free car? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I will hang out with you for a little bit. Um, so I was talking to my dad about it and I said, you know, this is a, a classic case of lazy developers because there's no reason why that should have been such an open, easy thing to do to clone. Like where's the 
Where's the one off? And if it if it did clone, like shouldn't they have been doing a setup where it was a one off use key every time that the transmission occurred? Shouldn't that be a one time use key? Or did they have inside information and they were maybe previous developers or had an in at the company, so they knew what they were salting with or how the technologies worked internally? Like, I'm, I'm always curious. I, I want to know if those guys are really smart nerds or if it was really lazy developers. <laughs> Um, I think it's a mix because behind all of those guys are some really clever people and they sell like they sell the vulnerability and make some money off it. That is true. That's like the, the prime thing to buy on, on, on the dark web. You got to say it with like a deep voice to make sure that on people the understand dark web. Really dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to be like the Batman of the dark web, Stefan? <laughs> No, definitely not. Never been there. Don't dare to go there. You never know what you're going to get get back on your feet after going there. It's the tights, isn't it? You don't want to wear the tights. <laughs> no, I'm okay with tights. <laughs> you're okay with the tights? Yeah. All right. That's uh. So any you should give um you should give a talk called tights and the Internet of Things. <laughs> we we were actually talking about doing like a dual session on what developers should respond to in uh, in physical training and we're we were talking about doing like a two-person thing so whenever one talked the other one should do exercises but it, it never really caught on to to a perfect idea so it's like pair programming but with exercise yeah and imagine doing a presentation you're just trying to catch your wind again and you're like yeah and then you want <gasps> <laughs> crossfit meets programming yeah exactly it will be, be sounding like Darth Vader or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> red, green, refactor. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, you, are you guys doing pair programming at your your company? You guys do any of that? You get into that at all? We do sometimes. Uh, usually our tasks are pretty well defined and people talk about the, the solution before they start. But whenever somebody mm -hmm. is sort of feeling stuck, it, they all always just call for another guy to sit by them. You know, I've seen people use it just to get better at talking. Have you seen this use case? Mm, I think my guys, they're pretty good at talking. Um, so it, it, it wouldn't really be the right tool to make people talk because they, they talk a lot. Well, do they, do they talk about as far as instructing another person what to be doing while they're typing? Like, cause I do that with my, I kind of do that with my consciousness and my body I'm, I'm kind of telling myself as i'm programming okay now i'm going over here and now we're doing this and now we're doing this and i do that on my internal dialogue and i may be just crazy but that's how i roll but when i saw i started pairing developers and like oh we we know what to do and i'm like oh cool like tell me what to do and then they had a hard time saying it with words without touching this like they could show me they could grab the computer and they could type it and they could do it but they had a hard time sort of like like a cox, like a what is that word? Like a coxman or something on a on a sh boat when they're rowing, like yelling out exactly what to do, and so that was an interesting skill to find that was dull with some people who are really great programmers. Have you found that at all? No, it, it, it's usually more like I have this weird issue, or could we sit down and look at at this and figure out how it actually works? Or could you have a look at this and we can have a chat about should I structure it differently? Am I doing mm -hmm. something stupid here that will like turn our databases into to full <laughs> load or anything like that? Like it, it's it's more like they have the solution. I want to like do a like a pre-verification for it when they send the pull request later on, or at least just have a discussion about it. Is is this a, a good path to go down, or is this 
does this confine with the like the rules we have or it's usually more like really concrete about i have this issue can you help me with this could you like take the opposing side and and try to shoot my solution down a bit to see if i'm missing something yeah awesome how many alarms will this set off in new relic <laughs> Uh, usually it's more like uh, how many emails will uh, Stephen receive within the next five minutes <laughs> <laughs> they have little like little character graphics for you like a smiley face to an angry face like which Stefan will we get for this <laughs> they, they definitely should have so how much time do you spend on security at your own business is that something that you have someone that's really talented on your team or are you are you kind of the the security lead on your team um, it's a mix between the CEO and me. I'm probably mm. more like the technical, really, we should do this. We should do that. We should definitely do this. And he's more like, yeah, but do we really need it? So we're like a good mix and match because I, I want to do everything right now because we're definitely insecure. And he's like, yeah, are we really? When you get that update from, you know, the Ruby threads and it's just like security patch, are you guys using Ruby? No, no, we're a full .NET house. Oh, you're full.net house. Yeah. So you still, well, then if you're a Microsoft company, you're getting those security hole updates every day. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what products are you, so you got a.net. What, what other stuff you got going on in your stack? What are you using? How do you run your life? Um, we use, like, for our viewer that, like, all of the consumers see, we're using, like, plain HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and using some old school underscore stuff and we started introducing Vue into it. Um, on the back end, it's like a mix of, uh, yeah, it's going to sound crazy, but our CEO wrote his own uh, micro RM. So we're using that uh, under that and we're using our uh, MSSQL server as well. Uh, then we started venturing a bit into uh, using Arca as well. What's a micro RM? Uh, it, you pretty much write uh, raw SQL and you get your entities back. Instead, okay, of so it's, a, a, instead of having a big magic thing that iterates your database and creates model. Okay, so it's like a minified uh, ORM? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. See, I just didn't know the terminology. Oh, okay. um, so uh, have you seen this thing I, I just came across yesterday called StackShare? Yeah, I've seen it. I've, I'm actually subscribing to it and getting a few things uh, in my email every week. What are you using it for? Like to kind of find new tools to come up or... Uh, I think I just signed up for it and was curious, like, what, how much can I see different companies are using? Should we actually post our stuff onto it? Does it tell any vulnerabilities? Do you have to share, like, specific versions you're using? If I have to do that, then I probably won't be using it. When I saw it, I was wondering, all right, so it was really cool. It was a lot of sizzle. Got me really hyped up, right? Because it, like, let me into this whole world of every other company, right? So my first thing was, okay, this is cool. After spending 15 minutes and seeing, all right, well, I mean, we're all using the same stuff. Like I, I'm like 20 companies. So it's like, I get it. Right. I was thinking, where's the continued value to hang out there? Like, where's the value? I wish I knew. <laughs> it's like right? the, the, only, the only thing they do is, is pull in data. Yeah, I'm like, why? why would I go back? Like I see that they're running some ads, like you can do a search and I can see, all right, well, they're, they're collecting data. They're getting everybody, everyone puts their stack, but like, what's my incentive to maintain my stack? Like, why do I care? I, I haven't actually noticed, noticed uh, who, who's behind the site. It, 
Is it like ThoughtWorks trying to gather which stacks people are using for the tech radar once a year or? No, it was, this, it's a, it's a business that went, that I saw on, um, I subscribed to Crunchbase, right? Cause mm-hmm. I like to watch who gets invested in and stuff. And they, they did like $5 million or something like that. And in, in capital that they raised and they had a lot of people involved. Oh, nope. Total funding $7 million. Wow. And I'm like, what the hell are they like? Where? Like, okay, it's cool. It's sizzle. It's pop. Where's the hook? They've been going since 2015. Okay. You got $300,000 investment. Then in 16, they got 1.5 million. Then January 9th of this year, they got 5.2 million led by, looks like this company called eVentures. And I'm thinking, all right, total funding, three, they did three rounds, $7 million. What is like, and they're cool. They look pretty. All right. They got some people to go in there. Why am I going to go keep it updated? What's the benefit to me? Like what, like why, if their play is data, right? Let's say their play is data. Like they want to collect a lot of data about who's using what so that they can then sort of use big data and turn around and sell it or make money or do some advertising, something like that. But, but that is useless if I don't keep coming back. Yeah. And well, is it really that useful the data you're getting? Well, maybe they're selling the data to marketing team. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could go ask 20 people and figure out what's hot in the market, right? Yeah. And you can like install an, a browser extension and visit a website and you can get a pretty good idea of what people are using. I can go to GitHub and look at the stars. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There we go. Just, Done. Just notice the website. It's attract developers by explaining what you use and why. Well, I can do that in my job position I'm writing. I don't need a website for that. It's like, all right, we've got GitHub versus Bitbucket versus GitLab. And? <laughs> like, it, it, okay. It's all it, Git. <laughs> right? It's all Git. It's just where I'm storing it. jQuery versus jQuery. <laughs> that was a versus oh, React. It's just like, I don't look at jQuery versus React. That's not like a decision I make, no. by the way. The only time I'm looking at jQuery is like, okay, do we really still need it? Oh, yeah, unfortunately we do. Right. I'm going to, and you know what? I actually wrote a little, did an Instagram picture. I said, because I was having some nostalgic moments the other day. And I was like, oh man, uh, one day, like soon, jQuery is going to be your father's JavaScript library. Right? <laughs> like, that's I, never I, cool. I, I bet it already is. Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, the kids, I, I started programming at a very young age just because my dad would take me to work but you know by the time I got out of high school I'd been programming 10 years already and everything was old and gone right and it's only moving faster things aren't moving slower (laughs) no absolutely not it's it's like a crazy speed I saw the uh, I think it was a blog post from Stack Overflow the was it last week they were writing about the different uh, lifespans of uh, JavaScript frameworks, and usually the lifespan is like six months. And I read that same one. Up. Yeah, I caught I caught it off Reddit, and it was they were talking about how they they showed the the graph, and then I think it was Vue was the hottest one this year in the recent future. I'm happy to see that because there, there needs to be be way more developers behind Vue. But it, I don't. So you're gonna I'm gonna show my. <laughs> A sad side of me here is I haven't met, I haven't touched Vue. Uh, well, neither had I until I started at iPaper. What What do you think about it? Like, what's the? Give me some sort of context or something useful over another library. 
Well, the, the good news for us is like we need to pay really, really, really good attention to the payload of, of the actual library. And then mm -hmm. the next step is looking at how easy for us it is to is it to integrate it into like a, a, a quite big, uh, well, it, it sounds sad to say it's legacy, but like our current code base that has some things that are five or six year old or we just can't start rewriting everything from, from the ground up again. So we need something that we can slice in in small pieces. We, we so could probably a, have yeah. done that with uh, React as well. We had it. We had an application where, wait, you could have done it with React? Mm, I think we could. So wait, so is Vue, is Vue an alternative to React? Um, I'm actually not sure it is. Um, I think they, they take a bit different direction. Um, but but to to our need, it was a better fit to to use Vue. I think would we write it from the ground up again, we would probably mm -hmm. use uh, React or something like that for it. I had a couple applications that were Rails apps that I slowly moved like feature by feature to React mm -hmm. because we were just using the you know the Rails ERB or Slim actually. But we were we took each like core feature and then slowly moved it over to React because we just like. For us, Rails will forever now be a um, be an API. Yeah, just the JavaScript framework. Everything needs a mobile app. If everything needs a mobile app, like double down on your strengths. Like Rails is great for us. It's great for writing tests and models and handling those sort of things and the controller. And it's it's wonderful for us for that. It's just we don't use their view system like at all anymore. Yeah, then it's then it turns really sad, and you're you're sort of stuck with it, but you're okay with it. So you like in view though, it's easy to slice in. Yeah, it is. Um, well, usually it, it, the team is pretty much set up like two front end guys, three back end guys and a full stack. So they're pr pretty much doing everything uh, with view. So I don't get to play around with it that much. It's mostly through the reviews and some, some early assessments. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm facing now too. Now that we're doing the show and I'm not writing as much code on a daily basis, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've got 15 plus years and you know 60 hour weeks writing code, <laughs> but the tools change so fast that like Vue can come and be the most popular thing in the world without me even knowing about it until I read about it on Reddit, you know? Yeah, I think the most sad part is there's so many good new libraries and some people are just stuck with some really old stuff and don't want to learn new stuff. That that's like the worst co-workers I could have or or the worst developers on my team would be like, yeah, I'm done. I don't need to learn anything new. What have you learned becoming CTO at this company? What's like the big skills that you've learned coming from developer to CTO? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, my, initial, my initial thought about joining was that I was, yeah, I'm going to be like a, like a team lead plus since it's only a six-man team. Um, yeah, and then the reality comes around and you don't really have time for just being a team lead. You need to think about strategy. You need to think about pricing, uh, recruitment. Uh, luckily, I haven't had to fire anyone, Then, I, but I had a guy quit on me and figuring out the solution for that and so on. A day's coming, man. You're going to have to fire someone one day. Yeah, sooner or later it will happen. I I know that, but I'm gonna hate it when I have to do it. <laughs> oh, I you know I had to do it. Well, I've had to do it. We're not gonna talk about how many times I've had to do it. But uh, we talked about the first time I had to do it. It it was super tough. I was 18 and I was firing someone who was like 43, and um, 
Yeah, I was well. Just to give you some perspective, I was 18 and I looked like I was 12, and I was firing somebody who was 43, and it, it was it was it was really tough, and I I hated it, and then that experience taught me how to fire someone better, and so I have a new way of firing someone. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So usually when someone needs to be fired, it's very obvious to both people. I don't think anyone is ever surprised when they're fired. Right. They shouldn't shouldn't be. Right. They're they're fired. You don't fire someone who is getting along with everyone, who's productive, and who brings value, who is hitting their deadlines, who is like you don't you don't fire those people, you raise them up, right? Yeah. So whatever the thing is that they're do that they're doing or not doing, what I'll do is I take that and then I talk to them about it, right? Hey, like are you how how's life going? Like what's going on? How are you feeling? Like I genuinely care about them, so I don't have to. Yeah. It's not like I'm faking it. And then I, uh, I talk to them about the problem, and you know, I use the whole sandwich like compliment thing, and then you know, compliment and sandwich the feedback. So after I do yeah. that, I, I focus on the thing that is the problem. Let's say that they're just not completing features on time because they're not hitting deadlines that they're setting for themselves. So then I'll say, okay, well, let, we got to work on this. So you know, we're going to hit, you're going to do the next three deadlines and you're going to pick them yourself and you're going to be fully responsible and you come to me if you need any resources to hit them. And then, uh, and we'll go from there. And then if they're missing them and they come back to me, I'll be like, look, you know, what do you want me to do? Like we have a team, this is a, a group. We're all going after the same goal. You got to set your own deadlines and you're not hitting them. And so this is like your last chance here set two more deadlines and if you can't do it then it's time for you to to move on and go on new adventures in life and that's they fire themselves they don't hit it and then they have to go yeah it, it, you, you just got to set up some metrics so that they know your expectation for sure and then you can say to them this is my expectation it's here i can write it to you i can clearly explain it to you if you don't live up to this well we're done no, it's just not right. It's it's okay. Like in relationships, yeah, I tell my wife all the time. I say not all the time. I, should, <laughs> I tell my wife. You're gonna get in trouble for this. I am gonna get in trouble. She listens too, so I can tell her. I, I tell her. I said, look, I love you, and I want. I I'm very happy with our relationship. I want. I want you around. I go, but if you ever wake up and you don't want to be here, like I don't want you. I don't want you to have to feel like you have to be here. Like no. you move on. Like I will help you. You come to me and you tell me you're not happy. If if my producer came to me today, he said, Joel, look, I'm just not happy. I want to move on. I would say, no worries, buddy. I would actively pursue helping him move on and get a better paying job somewhere else. Because yeah. I want people that want to be here. You know? Exactly. I, I do like monthly one-to-one uh, -one with all of the developers and we have yeah. like uh, we have some set questions they have to answer what are you excited about what you're worried about mm -hmm. what can i do to help you what can you do to help me and then I, I i took the first four questions from the previous cto and then i added like what have you recently learned and the guys were like hmm Ooh. that's actually a really good question now i gotta pay attention to what i'm learning right what have you recently learned I write that one down because if you say nothing, then that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, when they have nothing, I'll be like poking a bit, like, okay, you did this feature. Did you learn anything from that? Have you ventured into something new? And I'm I'm always really open, saying you can tell me everything. It doesn't have to be work related. Right. It goes for all the questions. Yeah, and and you know what? It's it's not always 
I, I take the position that everything's my fault, 100% total responsibility. And if I've got someone who's really smart and they're in a position where they're not learning new stuff, that's my fault as the CTO because I need to put, I need to give them bigger challenges. I have an underutilized resource that I can throw more at. Why? What am I doing to hold you back? Would be the perfect question. Yeah, that that is absolutely perfect question. It's it's quite hilarious. I'm like when I was talking about doing the CrossFit stuff, and I'm following a lot of athletes, and especially all of their coaches, and I'm I'm sort of leaning into like a, a good coach for an athlete. Take his mindset and apply that to to managing a team because you have to do everything you can to make sure that athlete can perform. That goes for a developer as well. You need he needs to have the right tool, uh, less disturbances, less friction in general. Yeah, it's if you everyone says teams, uh, and it's such an overused word, right? Like in life, yeah. we hear it everywhere. But what it really is is like effective ways of dealing with humans and groups. <laughs> like when you hear that, you're like, oh man, this guy's a master at that. But when you hear that they're a coach of a basketball team, you're like, eh, that's not relevant. But if you flip that perspective and say it differently, it, it all of a sudden becomes relevant. Yeah, you gotta gotta make sure that everyone wants to play the same game and they run in the same direction. It's it's quite funny. I had like a small fun discussion with uh, one of the salespeople today, and he when he left the room, he was like, "Yeah, could you please start this feature?" And I was like, "Do we have a signed contract for this? I won't start it on, until we have a signed contract." Yeah, but I agreed with the CEO. Okay. If you can make him say yes to me, I'll happily do it and schedule it in. And you're like, okay, just because you said that, I'm going to go to him and have have him write okay to you. And then I, two minutes later, I get a message from the CEO. Okay, uh, are you sure what you're saying okay to? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> One of his things were like, remember, we're all on the same team. And of course we are. And we just throw a few pranks at each other. So. It's all it's all in good fun. Look, you have to spend time. You want to have fun in life. You need to be working somewhere where you're enjoying it and having a good time. Definitely. But but you don't want to go into the places where it, it's more fun than actual work. Yeah, that's the balance again, right? Yeah. To find the sweet spot where you're having a good time, but you're with a bunch of people who like really are motivated. Like I, I always find it's way easier to get a bunch of people who are motivated and then like encourage having a good time because their default is going back to work. <laughs> rather than finding a bunch of people who only want to have fun and then trying to get them to sit down and work. So uh, if you were to give advice to your pat, like if you were to go into a time machine, let's say Elon Musk shows up at your work and he's like, Stefan, uh, here's a free Tesla and we're going to go get in a time machine. You're going to go back in time and you're going to tell your past self um, some advice. You get to go back 10 years to think about yourself the way you were 10 years ago and you get to give yourself a piece of advice. What would it be? I would probably say don't don't be afraid of like applying for a CTO job earlier. I started programming in 2003 on my first job and well I, I didn't switch until last year. Wow, so that's uh more than a decade. Yeah, but at, at the same time the first few years for me were like uh, I worked at an advertising agency for the first couple of years then I went into um some energy management systems are like, yeah, I'm just having fun, still learning. Uh, I have, I think the closest you can relate it to is like an academic profession in computer science. So I was always thinking that I'm behind the people that graduated from uh, university or uh, became a software engineer here. So I, I just felt I had so much to learn before I, I was ready to, to go higher up the ranks. So you're, you're just really smart. And that's, I often see a lot of smart people being 
feel like they're not smart enough to go forward. And then I'm kind of, you know, hanging out with, with all the different CTOs and I'm tapping on the shoulders of the smart people being like, yeah, you're ready. Like get in the game, buddy. <laughs> now is the time, you know? And I, and I think the, the speaker part I started in, I think was it 12, I had my first speaker gig that, that actually pushed me quite a lot because then you start meeting a lot more people that are in the same space as you. And, and you can just feel like, okay, now I'm feeling that I uh, I'm getting aware of what I, what I don't know, so I can actually start applying this stuff. Like, yeah, I can help you with this. If you need this, go talk to that guy. He'll be the right guy, and you can just like sort of start directing people and help them out uh, more in generally. You have to jump into the pool to get used to the water, right? Exactly. You can think about the temperature of the water all day. It's not going to change it. You got to jump in and get used to it, and then swim. Yeah, and and get some like healthy ideas of of should you follow a mythology or shouldn't you just care about it at all? Um, everybody wants like, oh, are you doing Scrum? Are you doing oh, this? Are you doing come that? on! No, I'm definitely not doing Scrum, and I probably never will. I'm doing like whatever works for us. Yes, thank you. I'm like, okay, I know you're excited because you just read a book about how to run a team. <laughs> For the first time. Yeah. And when people read about Scrum, it's like, yeah, we want to apply everything that was in the book. Okay. You clearly missed the message from the book. Yep. Do whatever works for you. There you go. Dispelling more misconceptions, Stefan. You are the Batman of the programming industry. <laughs> You're the Batman CTO. And you, we even have a black and white picture of you and like, oh man, it's great. You're, we're going to put a little, uh, we're going to Photoshop a little Batman hat on you. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be great. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with You're us. Welcome. You're a great conversation. I, I very much enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.